rounds with four guys with quarters and we should be live on all platforms right now so uh, if you guys have any questions feel free to drop them in the chat but we are here with the amazing well-known legend the fable redhead aka lauren carter and uh she is awesome and thank you for joining us today Dude, you are you are too kind, um, and you're not only joined by me. You may have just heard you're also joined by my terrier Baxter, who, as soon as you started speaking, decided to start barking. So let's hope that doesn't happen too much during the next hour. But hi, <laughs> good to see you. Good to be live, and and thank you for having me. Yep. Yeah. No problem. Uh, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. I know that we spoke. I think I think the last time we actually spoke to you on camera was back in 2016. I want to say. I was trying to remember this. So. Yeah, I think it must have been quite soon after the the, the sad demise of, of Lionhead. And probably at the time I would have been at Xbox International, Xbox HQ in Reading in England. So, yeah, yes, must have been 2016. You sent me the fidget spinner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my daughter oh, you... still has that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You've got to love that Xbox merch. They think of everything. I love it. They, they do, yeah. I mean, game companies in general. Um but we also have, uh, as we call him on the show now, the Belgian sensation across the nation because he has the world's biggest candy ball, and that's no lie. His name is Flash. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, thanks for having me, Klaus. Um, it's, it's always great to do these interviews, and with my work going on, it's sometimes hard to get into these, but uh, I'm very glad to be here. And welcome, uh, uh, Albion girl, Lauren Carter. Uh, Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm very excited. Let's hope I live up to it. Oh, you do. Uh, people still go back to that original interview that you did with us, so you definitely. Oh, really? Yeah. Whoa, that's cool. Hey, I must have said something useful. Look at that. Okay, I'm pleased. And <laughs> we have uh, PK on the panel as well. What's going on, PK? Hey. Thanks for having me. How you doing? Welcome, Lauren. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much. Glad to be here with my, my brothers and definitely like to have a conversation and pick your brain to see how everything's going in 2021. Sounds good. Sounds good. There's a lot to talk about. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's been busy. So, uh, Lauren, for all our, our new guests and uh, people in the chat that you know, may have only seen bits and pieces of the original interview. What, what is your history in the game industry, and where have you been? I mean, the the terrifying thing to to kind of comprehend now is that I've been I've been doing this for well over a decade, um, at least working in games, not necessarily communications. Um, but I started out. Uh, it was really pure chance. Uh, a friend of mine happened to work at EA. Through him, I learned that EA. Um, was part of a big gaming hub in Guildford. We lived just outside of, of Guildford in the UK. Um, and just through hearing him, like I'll be completely honest with you, I was someone that hated my my work. I just worked admin jobs. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't. It, it didn't engage my brain. I, I wasn't any good at it. Um, therefore, just couldn't stand it. Felt like an outcast, all of that stuff. Um, we later learned that's got a lot to do with ADHD, but that's about 15. 20 years later, so yeah, we got some time. Um, 15 years, I suppose. Uh, so I was honestly just talking to a friend of mine and hearing him talk about all of these awesome stuff that you know they got to do at EA and all of all of the uh, the events that they got to go on and and the the games that he got to be involved in. Um, 
and through there just kept putting my CV in at, at AEA and I was very lucky in the sense that they work on a, a, a studio fit basis which a lot of studios do in the UK I'm not sure if it's the same for the states um, so they liked me they therefore they kept putting me through the interv interview process for different roles and so they found something that worked for me so I ended up joining um, EA's online production team in 2008, 2009 maybe, uh, and that was my first kind of jump into games, but EA being the way, well games to be honest, companies being the way that they can be, um, the online publishing team that had been established, you know, to kind of kick everything off, it was then kind of worked out that maybe it was a bit too soon uh, and maybe we should scramble back on this a little bit. Um, so I wasn't, I was only at EA for about six months. Um, and then, yeah, just through learning that Guildford was a hub. From there, I went on to Codemasters. Uh, and at this point, I'm, you know, I'm an administrator. I'm doing office manager, HR, finance roles. I'm, I'm helping out with, with running a studio or PA. Um, when I was at EA, I was actually <clears throat> testing games like Tiger Woods Online, knowing nothing about golf, knowing nothing about testing games and finding myself kind of in this space trying to learn all of this stuff, um, which I would say is actually baptism of fire works out quite well for me. Uh, but yeah, so then on to Codemasters. After Cody's uh, was shut down, I was moved to, I moved on to Media Molecule for a short time. Uh, and then after that, my career at Lionhead started, and that's that's really the most important part for me. You know, everything else was just learning, learning the ground, and understanding the industry, and 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 being able to have a rapport with people, which you know, on a technical level, um, which is what I learned through having to minute meetings and be in all of these high level conversations about, you know, how how the how the back back end was going to work, or how many servers we'd need, or whatever it may be, whatever element of coding or design or art or whatever. I just learned as much as I could. Now the dog's got a squeaky toy. If he's not barking, he's squeaking a toy. <laughs> Good boy. Look, I'll swap you. How about this? Here. Sorry, everyone. This is uh, real time dog parenting. Sometimes you've got to swap out a squeaky toy for a non squeaky toy. He's not happy about it, however. Um, so yeah, so then I went to Lionhead, uh, and again I was was brought in as an administrator, um, and around the, I was there for a couple of years. Loved it, loved everyone there. Really got on with the teams. Really enjoyed the work they were doing and the games they were making, um, and the the community. <laughs> dogs going crazy. Um, the community surrounding all of that as well. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> he's he's very upset that he can't have a squeaky toy back. Um, that when Fable Legends started development, um, I realised that the the forums and all of the social channels that were either completely dormant or had been shut down um, would, you know, for an online game with a beta, we're going to need someone to be manning this stuff again. So I literally put a, a presentation together um, as the administrator of the team and went to my boss, the exec producer, and said, I want to be a community manager now. And he went, okay. <laughs> and the dogs managed to get the toy back. Never mind. Um, so he, in the end, agreed, you know, my, my proposal was reasonable and I found ways that I could make it work and, and run it alongside, alongside the work I was doing already. Um, so he agreed that I could do 50% of my time um, community management and 50% looking after the team and doing my admin work. Um, and it was about a year, maybe a little bit less before I was moved into community full time. Um, and that's been everything I've been doing since, really. I mean, obviously, Lionhead is no longer with us. Since then, I've had a short stint where it was about a year, I suppose, uh, Xbox HQ. Uh, I then went to Two Point Hospital and, and rejoined with Two Point Studios, I should say, through Sega, uh, and rejoined a lot of my Lionhead colleagues uh, there and, and got to launch Two Point, which was fantastic, as 
you know, theme, spiritual, spiritual successor, but theme was, was my absolute favorite thing as a kid alongside Pokemon, so that was great. Um, and now I am head of comms and running a, a communications department at a production house, I suppose is the best term, called Liquid Crimson. Yeah, so it's been a, it's been a wiggly, old, uh, wiggly old journey to get us here, but here we are, over a decade later. That, that is awesome. That is a career to be proud of. Um, and that's okay. I mean, I have a dog, too. I have a Jack Russell, and he gets kind of crazy. They're just the worst, aren't they? Terriers. My God, what was I thinking? Yes. Yes, I know. I mean, wonderful for absolutely everything other than wanting to be in a call and needing silence. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, he's okay. He's okay. Uh, and, you know, I remember, too, as well, that you actually did a onstage presentation uh, for a little bit, too. I mean, that was pretty exciting, right? You did that at E3? This this was probably, I mean, to date, it's it's one of the highlights of my career, and I imagine it will remain so. Um, I was, because I am fairly loud, put myself in situations and, and are happy to be, you know, on stages and in spotlights and making a bit of a fool of myself. Um, I was chosen, I suppose, uh, to be part of the team of five that were on stage at E3 to announce Fable Legends um, at the Xbox media briefing Briefing in, gosh, 2014. Um, it, it was just incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And it wasn't just you know, the experience and actually going through, you know, learning how Xbox go about putting these kind of events on and seeing all of the buzz. You know, this was my first E3 um, and I'm getting there early and seeing the whole thing build up. And in the interim, I met Macklemore and, we're, you know, we're sneaking into Phil Spencer's dressing room to leave him awesome T-shirts that we've been given by um, Insert Coin. Um, and then just getting to see, you know, all of the games. It was It was the year of Cuphead being announced. It was the year of sunset what else was out that year ori there were, it was all of these games that we got to see you know even though it was only 30 seconds of footage and a few lines of dialogue but we got to see them three days before everyone else you know it was it was just so exciting and by the end you ended up kind of knowing what all of the other presenters were going to be saying about their games so it really created a bit of a community as well it was lush um yeah and then from there because you know that i suppose the the best way to put it is that in the games industry personalities tend to be quite quiet or they they can be i think it's changing as the industry gets bigger um but because i'm quite a loud personality um and the people that i was on stage with are fantastic talented incredible humans who felt just a little bit out out of place being on stage in front of three million people or whatever it worked out to be um I, I stood out a bit because I was comfortable. I felt, you know, I felt okay. I did a big old salute to the camera and I and I played my, you know, I really learnt, even though we were, you know, obviously it was pre-recorded, uh, but I, I learnt, so I made sure that I was really looking like I was playing this game and I was into it and I was reacting to it. Um, and when we came off stage, I was trending on Twitter. Um, it was the strangest thing I've ever witnessed in my life, um, but hashtag Fable Redhead was uh, was trending on Twitter. So yeah, that was my uh, my crowning moment. That's how I got my 4,000 followers that I've retained to this day, I'll have you know. That is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, Matt has a question in the chat. He asks, would you say that you jump around jobs to learn more and try new things? It's it's a bit of that, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's a tricky old thing for me because I am someone... Again, because of my aforementioned um, ADHD, which you know is only kind of 
something I'm getting to grips with over the last year or so. Um, I now recognize that my moving around in, in work was either that um, I'd lost that, that, that real raw motivation, that real raw passion for what I was doing, um, which can be for you know a multitude of reasons and not necessarily because of you know negative interaction it can just be that you know you, you the wheels fall off for you you know and, and when you're an individual that really really needs passion to to do their best work um i found that yeah sometimes you know the, the thing with games is that sometimes studios get shut down i mean that's not even all of the places that i've worked at there have been little places in between where I've just been brought on short term to help with communications, or there's been, um, thankfully, with a, a studio that I'm now working with again called Glowmade. But Glowmade were a very, very small startup that I went to after Lionhead. Um, and within, again, within a few months of me being there, they lost funding. And I was commuting about 40 miles. I don't know what that is in kilometers. Sorry, guys. Like thousands of kilometers at least. Um, probably not. Um, commuting quite a way to get to get to this role and, and although they were all again ex-Lionhead people that I absolutely adored and still adore to this day uh, the the question was kind of asked in fact this is another bit of my job that I haven't even spoken about the question was kind of asked would you we will get funding again it's not you know it's gonna it's gonna come soon we're already sorting it out in the meantime would you guys be happy to work just just as we are whilst we get everything kicked off and we'll get other kind of um, bits and pieces of work so that that you know so that you're you're getting paid and money is coming in and we'll do some contracts etc cetera, etc cetera. um so i did uh, a month the day that this was announced that they'd lost funding and we're going to be contracting in order to to kick it all off again um was the day that no man's sky launched and hello games happened to be next door to glowmade um and again x lionheads uh, folk so on that day i came into work to find out that i was the community manager for hello games for a month uh, from the day of launch. So I was heavily involved in dealing with uh, a lot of the Steam issues. Obviously, it was a baptism of fire, especially for someone that had worked entirely on console until that point. And then I'm faced with not only a Steam forum, but a Steam forum that wants me dead <laughs> um, and everyone I'm sitting next to and probably everyone in a 20-mile vicinity. Um, so yeah, it was, and that was sitting next to absolute legend Simon Carter and having him give real-time bug fixes to problems that we were finding um, in the uh, in the Steam chats and on, on the Steam forums. Um, so yeah, I did that for a month and then unfortunately there wasn't the funding uh, available for me to, to carry on and because it was, you know, long distance, et cetera, et cetera, that's when, uh, yeah, I took some time out from there as well. So there's so many things that happen in the interim, you know, sometimes with games, with all, you know, we all have excellent intentions. We all have these amazing ideas. We all have these fantastic, you know, um, talents within our teams that we know can do amazing things. But it's not always that easy to to convince, um, you know, a backer, a funder, the wider world, social media communities, whoever it may be, that that's that's actually what's happening until you know until whatever that kind of breaking point is for um, for whichever subject you're dealing with. So yeah, there's there's lots of reasons. There's lots of reasons. But I do also find, I suppose, another thing that makes me a little bit different um, within my field is that I still class myself as a community manager. And traditionally, community managers are entry-level um, marketeers, and they learn their trade through community management. But community management, it was such an important part of you know, my, my career gave, gave me my career, gave me a reason and a purpose to get out of bed every morning and, and feel like I actually wanted to go and part, be a part of something. Um, 
And what I've learned from that is that actually breaking down barriers between game studios and their audiences and replace game studios with musicians, with, with brands, with products, with, with anything. But especially with games, if you break down that barrier and make everyone feel like they're on the same level and everyone's as important as everyone else. And yes, the, the community want to hear from the devs, but the devs should be just as invested in what the community are doing um, and keeping that aspect of give and take and kind of lower level um, yeah, I guess I guess marketing with feeling, as opposed to kind of big big budget marketing, is more is more my kind of space. So again, that means that I tend to get brought into companies as a community manager, um, even though you know my my role now for for Liquid Crimson at least is is certainly more marketing focused. So yeah, there's another reason why I've been at lots of places. It's all there's just so much to do. <laughs> I mean, that, that does sound kind of awesome. Uh, go ahead, PK. I have a question uh, for mm -hmm. you. Um, so, with all the time that you've been through, and maybe it's a two-part question. One is, I wanted to know how impactful do you, from your point of view, do you think the community is for is um, the the gamers um, and how they feel, and 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 two, how do you filter through? Uh, people because you know you always have people that may just have complaints versus people have legitimate concerns or or even suggestions and things mm -hmm. like that um how do you how do you in, uh, compact all that and manage well, through that i guess in the first instance so your first point um kind of how now the dog started ticking away and i started thinking about that so your first point how do you know how do you kind of deal with with the community's feelings versus the the art form that you're dealing with um and i guess it's a really fine line it's a really really fine line because we're we're definitely starting to see trends take the sonic movie take a few other things in games that we've seen um where the community is pushing back on elements and studios are yielding to to whatever that may be after you know a lot of complaint or or however i'm sorry i do just have to get this air freshener out of the dog's mouth and then i'm going to put him in the kitchen and then I'm going to come right back. Hang on. Okay, no worries. Flemish, she just gave me an idea what to do with you sometimes. What? <laughs> nothing. We're going to get some chocolate. <laughs> Anyways, nothing happened. Um, so, yeah, I guess that the, there is a fine line because at the end of the day, you're dealing with an art form. So, yes, people's feelings are important. And as far as feeding into the development of a game when you're dealing with beaters, when you're dealing with um, any kind of element where, where you want feedback, you want to hear from your community, then yes, feelings, ideas, dreams, you know, I don't know, out of body experiences they had that were in any way connected, you want to hear all of it. But when it comes to someone's kind of a negative opinion about something you're doing there has to be that fine you know a kind of drawing of a line in the sand surrounding the art form and that doesn't mean that art forms can be or should be racist misogynistic homophobic or any other awful awful thing um but there should be the space for people to express whatever that you know as a, as a developer whatever especially as an indie dev, whatever they want to, whatever they want to express. So it's, it's a, it's a fine line. Um, and I would rather take the stance of as long as the art form isn't offensive, then the art form should, should stand, um, you know, as, as the example that the game is putting forth. But, you know, when you're looking for interaction, 
community is the most useful place to get to get feedback on a game because people that are coming to a beta are already super engaged in what you're doing um, they want to know about it they want to know that their their opinion matters that their feedback is being taken on board and they want to log in a week later and see that it's happened you know so that's a, a different kind of situation altogether um, and then remind me pk what was your second point um how impactful uh, but I think you kind of answered it, but I mean, you can expand on it if you like, um, how impactful community feedback is. Um. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I guess it, it it's a spectrum. It entirely depends on what you're dealing with and and the severity of, of the um, uh, action or, uh, you know, whatever caused the, uh, the feedback. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say communities are the most important thing. And I, and I don't, I don't mean uh, huge communities where you've got hundreds and thousands of people who are all kind of shouting and, and not really getting getting a point across. The smaller engaged communities are the most valuable spaces. And I'm sure every single one of us is, is a part of one of those smaller communities where you don't necessarily know everyone. You may have been a part of it kind of being built a bit yourself. Um, and that is not only valuable to whoever's involved in it, you know, the, the individuals that are coming to interact, but the developers, uh, having a chance to see that, you know, kind of interaction and 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 see that uh, sparking of excitement surrounding something that they're creating is is another way to, you know, development can be tough. So we need that to to keep us going as well, you know, to keep us kind of excited uh, and on track. It sounds like you you guys uh, draw on that energy to kind of propel you forward. Um. Sometimes, for sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you. You've got to remember that there's there's a a wealth of difference between uh, you know a, a studio like Lionhead um, getting all of the backing of of an Xbox marketing team, getting all of the advertising, getting all of the social teams, getting you know you've got territories and every single one of them are going to tweet about your game twenty times over the next three weeks or whatever. Um, that's a, that's awesome, you know, and seeing that happening when you're a part of that and seeing loads of people talking about that is absolutely fantastic but curating something, finding a community and actually building it and starting to, uh, to almost give it the tools to keep itself going. Um, in that instance, the, the joy and the excitement and the inspiration that's, that you're, you're getting from it as a, as a developer can be entirely different. They can be so small, they can be a bit of fan art, they can be that someone's coined a phrase that they heard in the game or you know whatever it may be. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that I like to use for for social media and for uh, you know getting getting the recognition that the devs and the the community are interacting with each other. Yeah. Do you, I, I'm thinking like do you have a special one that you um, have like uh, that you think of that you? As far as building. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah, it's two point. <laughs> it's two point without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know that I, I think. I'm not sure. I don't think they'll be watching, so I think I'm free to talk about. Them. Um, but no, I so I was brought on to uh, two point pretty. It was pretty. You know, the launch was speeding up. I think we were about six weeks, uh, six months, sorry, away from launch, and hadn't even announced. You know, I came in for announce. Announce was January. No one even knew that it was happening up until that point. Sega had teased, but no one knew that it was happening. Um, and we were launching in August. Um, so I had to build a community, and you know they. Once we announced, we had a few thousand followers maybe, but there was really not much going on. And in addition to that, there was no 
you know, no game, nothing to share, nothing to show anyone. We're still getting, you know, scrambling to get everything together ready for launch and, and get it all looking beautiful and wonderful and bug fixed and, and, and ready to go. Um, so I started noticing a couple of people in the community um, who were responding to everything that I was putting out and responding positively and, and being super engaged and interested. Um, and then once we started releasing small trailers and little teasers and stuff like that, um, two in particular, uh, one, Joel247, I suggest you find both of these streamers and creators, I should say, and, and get, get on it, seriously, they're wonderful. Uh, Joel247, uh, and then another was uh, Blala, who is a creator. Blala was quite literally taking three seconds of gameplay that she was finding in, in trailers and slowing them right down to, you know, frame by frame and explaining to her community in hour-long videos what all of these tiny little bits of information could mean in Two Point Hospital and what, okay, there's a coffee machine, so let's assume that the doctors are going to be impacted by caffeine, okay, so we've got this, let's think about that, there's this thing going on, what's that, what's that over there, can't work out what this is. She dissected every single part of the content that we put out and as soon as I had a chance to, to get her involved, she was involved and she's still a huge part of that community, as is Jo. She's still the foremost kind of authority. Uh, she runs the uh, the wiki um, and I view, I mean, to this day, I, I refer to her as, as Queen Bee. So I, I view her and, and uh, Jo as the real kind of pillars of that community and, and building that up with them and getting, then seeing the rest of the community being excited about interacting with, with Jo and Bee because we'd kind of gone, look at these guys. Um, it really kind of helped fuel it. And it's still, it's just, I, yeah, loved it. Absolutely loved it. And streaming regularly with Two Point really helped build out that community as well. Yeah, you, I can say that you've been part of many awesome communities. Like wherever you've been, the community has been awesome. The reception has been awesome. And the way that you, you know, uh, talk to people and, and interact, uh, all of that has always Hey, been that was, creative. go on. Yeah, that was that was PK's other point. I knew there was something else. So there's, there is absolutely a way to engage with people. And I know that this is probably not the way that the world is going. Um, and I may be very much alone in the way that I'm doing this, but I have always uh, had the, um, the kind of motivation that internet anonymity is one of the worst things that we've ever been given, um, that society, humanity, the world has ever been given. Um, and your average person who has created an account to go and be rude to every Xbox or, or PlayStation account or whatever else, they're hurting, man. There's something going on there. You know, there's something going on. They're unhappy. They're sad. They're, they're, you know, they're reflecting themselves out into the world or whatever it may be. And I've always been kind, even if they've been saying that they want the studio to burn down and us all to lose our jobs. And even if they've been saying that our game is a piece of expletive uh, and whatever else may or may not, you know, all sorts of awful things. Um, but I'd ask them why. Hey, dude, sorry you feel that way. Could you give me a bit more um, info so I can take it back to the devs? You know, some something tangible that could actually help um, our direction going forward. And actually giving someone just that tiny, tiny, tiny bit of attention, tiny, tiny, tiny bit of interaction, tiny, tiny bit of, hey, what's up? What's going on here? The next message, 99% of the time would be, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be so rude. <laughs> Thanks so much. You know, it's it's literally right there. It's bubbling under the surface. And we're all so quick to get angry and say, okay, fuck you. You're not, oh gosh, I did it. I was expletive. That's, that's okay. That's it's okay. only two o'clock in the afternoon for you. Right. 
the BBC would be so unimpressed with me. It's um, five o'clock somewhere in the yeah, world. Well, it's it's uh, it's seven thirty here, and I'm stopping a hot chocolate, so that's confusing, yeah. isn't it? Um, For me, even eight thirty, so. <laughs> so even better there. Um, but yeah, you know, there's I I really really do subscribe to just just treat everyone how you want to be treated, even if they are shoving rudeness in your face, because. They don't realize that there's a real person. You know, maybe community management's changed now and we understand that. We understand that it's more than often than not one person sitting at the end of that computer answering that stuff. Uh, but back then, maybe it was just thought, oh, maybe it's, you know, the team will share it or maybe it's the, you know, maybe the cleaner does it or whatever. Um, it wasn't really recognized as a, as a proper thing. Um, so, yeah, people could be quite rude. And I've, I just think it's best to have a little chat, see how it goes. Uh I have another question. I, do, do you think, leading off of that, um, if we had um, more intimate connections with the developers and the teams, like if you guys, I won't say you, but just in general, had more Twitch streams or even Discord servers where you can interact with, you know, just had an open, an actual open direct communication with the devs and their teams and and, and feel more of an intimate connection with them mm -hmm. and it, it wouldn't feel so stifled mm -hmm. like you know because i know some i'm not saying everyone but i i do know that some some users or or gamers may not feel like their voice is being heard or they mm -hmm. they see well i suppose that evolving I, I get what you're saying. Like, I guess, I guess the the distinction is that there's there's a there's again there's a world of difference between your Xboxes, your Playstations, your Nintendos, and the hundreds of thousands of indie developers that we have. And those indie developers will have those conversations. They're there. They've got Discords. They've got, you know, uh, in some cases forums. They've got spaces where you can go and interact with them. If it's, you know, it's uh, something I say to all of the devs that I work with, always always respond to people if they're asking you questions on Twitter, even if you don't know who they are, even if they have shown up out of the blue, always use hashtags so that your information is getting seeded with, you know, in a space where other people can see it and, and respond and engage with that stuff. Um, but when you're dealing with, you know, the big three, the, the, the big uh, developers, the AAA studios and, and all of that kind of stuff, I can understand why it would feel stifled to a gamer to, to the community because it's a terrifying place for a developer to be in. It is terrifying. I don't know if you guys have noticed that if if you follow any big studios, you may notice that it will be the same five, six, seven faces who do the videos and, and speak about development because they're the only ones that feel comfortable enough to do it. There aren't very many of us. So every other developer, even opening Twitter, you know, you announce a game, You've been working on that game for years, you know, a couple of years at least. The game's at the point of announce. The world knows about it. Your name was involved. People are asking you questions on Twitter. A lot of developers will just go, ah, uh, I don't know what I can say. I don't know what's NDA'd. I don't know what's safe. I don't know how to word. No, we're not doing that. I don't know how to engage, you know, a, a, a positive spin on a negative, you know, if, if someone's asking for something that's not going to exist in the game, but they're really hoping that it does, and they're asking just, you know, a developer on on you know part of the coding team he's not going to know how to engage with that so there's a real kind of difference i mean he wouldn't within within that environment but if you put him in an indie environment where he's free to chat with his studio and everyone knows what's going on and there's no big scary kind of um overarching uh you know nda 
all of that kind of stuff going on that's that's terrifying you can have a bit more of an open and of course there are still aspects of the development that will be completely behind closed doors and silent and locked away um but yeah again there's a distinction between the kind of the community communities you can have um dependent on the studio but i can completely understand why why it would feel that way because it's difficult right um and it it's not only uh that you guys may feel that you're not getting uh, the interaction that you want, but you may be one of 50 people who are asking the same thing. And the community manager might just be thinking, I've answered this so many times, but for you guys, you're all in different time zones. You may have missed it being answered at whatever point. So there's also a fatigue that could set in. If I had a quid for every time someone posted on social media, and we had over a million followers on for the Fable group, if I had a quid for every time someone said make Fable 4, I would no longer be working. I wouldn't be here, guys. I'd just be hanging out with you guys and playing video games every now and then. Um, but yeah, so there's you know there's there's parts where you get to the point where it's like I've literally said, if someone's just saying fucking make Fable Four, fucker, it's like okay, uh, <laughs> how many times can I say we'd love to, but right now we're doing this. <laughs> you you get to a kind of fatigue with it as well, which could also probably uh, help the audience feel a little bit out of sorts, especially if they're new to the community. Um, I wanted to say, you know, there's one thing I really did want to say, and is that I really miss Lionhead. I just have to say that. It's one of my most favorite studios of all time, and I really think that Babel Legends was... Yes, that is so awesome. This one? Oh. Oh, there's another one. Man, that oh, Journey. Awesome. Wow. There's a little oh. jack of blades up there. There we go. Yeah, I keep it all around. It's all around me all of the time. A lot of it got boxed away because it was making me sad. Um, but yeah, there's there's some of spits around here and there. <laughs> uh, I I honestly think that in the time that we're in right now with free to play games, if Fable Legends would have came out right now free to play, and the characters would have been DLC content, it would have taken off. It would have taken off. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it's and, heartbreaking. You know, I, I messaged that a couple times to Xbox and to Phil, and I'm like, you know, if the code's anywhere out there, now is the perfect time to get back into it and bring the core of Lionhead back together. Dude, you know? I, I actually had to remove the beta from my Xbox because I, I kept it on there just so that I could hear the music. Because nothing else, there's no server, there's nothing. It's, it's just a holding screen. Um, but I think I, I downloaded something. Uh, that meant I had I had to let something go, and I was just like, "Look, you're only going, you're literally going to this place to feel sad. Like, why are you doing this to yourself? Get rid of it." Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely, I feel exactly the same. I think it was it was uh, ahead of its time in some aspects, but also a bit late in others. We were kind of just behind that trend, but just ahead of this one that's happening now. Um, yeah, it was heartbreaking. It it, it it was a it was a triple A free to play game. It was stunningly beautiful. For the people that actually don't know, and I'm maybe one of them, I don't know the entire story, but what's actually the story that got cancelled? Well, I think it was just that we... Ultimately, the story is the story of game development, which is trial and error. You know, it's fail quickly, fail often. It's it's what we live by and it's what we, it's what we try to do. Um, and with Fable Legends, it was just a case of, of course, no one knows Fable better than Lionhead, although, of course, I, I wish Playground the very best of luck with everything that they're doing, and I'm sure they're going to do a hell of a job with it. Um, but, yeah, we had all of that knowledge. Yeah, we built that world. Yeah, we knew what every bit of bark looked like in that, in that you know, when you're walking through that bit of whatever, you know, wherever you may be and, and uh, all of the dialogue and, and all of that stuff. But what we didn't know was 
free to play. What we didn't know was multiplayer. What we didn't know was asymmetric multiplayer. <laughs> um, there, there were just so many aspects to it that were like, oh, okay, so we're going to have to, we're going to have to try. Okay, now we go up. Oh, it, okay, so we we just it, it was very much a process of just running into a lot of of error, and of course you know the age old uh, saying goes time is money, um, and you can't make something indefinitely. <laughs> That's not games have to come out, you know. And there was probably a point, you know. Yes, we were a little bit too ambitious, I think, in hindsight. Uh, no, I don't think we needed to launch with twelve levels. Uh, we probably could have scaled that right back, um, but uh, we. Yeah, we ran at it with everything that we had, but there was still the peak of the mountain to go and, and the uh, the hourglass was done, <laughs> I think yeah. is the best way to... And you guys were on the cusp of what studios do nowadays, right? You guys, uh, at the time, Lionhead was a company that always wanted to finish their games before they released them and released it with quality. Whereas today, we see that development is getting so big that it's almost impossible to release a game completely because there's always there's always more than one day one patch. There's always additions mm -hmm. that come later that make the game you know more of a full experience. And we've seen that with great games um, like Sea of Thieves, uh, No yeah. Man's Sky is another example. Yeah. And I just think that I just wish Xbox would have gave it the chance at the time because all these studios today do that. They they have a plan, they have a roadmap, and they get as much done as possible within the time frame allowed. They release it, even sometimes prematurely, and then they fix it as they go. And I, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm going to miss it forever. Uh, I'm going to miss it it's, forever. It's, a, it's an incredibly sad story. And, and another reason why I, I think I've, I've, I'm learning that I prefer um, some of the, not necessarily not AAA, but certainly working with, with smaller studios, um, is I've completely lost my train of thought. Have I mentioned it's been a really long day? <laughs> Hang on. Um, is that... No, no, it's gone. It's okay. But the positive thing is, what's good about the whole thing is, you know, desperately sad, losing Lionhead. It was, you know, it was a real home for so many people. I don't just mean developers, I mean I mean players, I mean people that went to Fable and, and felt, you know, that they belonged there and they were treated how they wanted to be treat, treated and, and that it was, uh, you know, a, a safe space for want of a better term. Um, but the loss of Lionhead gave us essentially Two Point um, Studios, although Two Point did already exist, Lionhead went down. They were nowhere near ready to, to employ people, but they knew the talent that was on that team, so they just hired them. Get them in. We're not ready. Get them in. We need them. Don't let them go anywhere else. You know. So we got that. Glowmade scooped up some more talent, and they're they're up and running again. Uh, you've got people that would have you know gone to all of the various studios in Guildford, whether that be EA or Hello Games or um, Media Molecule or, or all of those spaces. But then you've got um, a lot of studios that popped up because of it. Um, there is Pixel Count. Uh, who make Kinseed, and that's kind of a Fable-inspired game by uh, by X Fable Devs. Um, I love that game. Like all the pictures I see, it's just it's so, so cute. It is, yeah, really, really cute. It's almost like Stardew Fable. Like it's just adorable. Um, and also, you know, my my kind of story, I feel like now is is the point that I was meant to get to, which is. I've been working in all these studios for all of this time, and I've I've met all of these people, and I've learned all of these things, and I've worked in some really, you know, I'm extremely lucky to have worked on some really really big titles and some really big launches, and and just from 
driving 18 miles up the road and learning that there was this whole, you know, this whole thing kicking off in Guildford that I didn't even realize, you know, no one, no one at school told me I could just drive to Guildford and go and work in games. I would have just done that. Um, yeah, but I very much feel that my purpose has been to meet all of these people, to create all of these connections, to get to a point where I have all of the knowledge, as I like to call it, you know, as far as Xbox, uh, social media and marketing training, I have classical training, okay? I learned from Xbox and Xbox are the best at social marketing, at the best at um, kind of reactive marketing and knowing how to deal with communities when there are awful things happening, when there are great things happening, how to jump on things, how to trend, all of that kind of stuff. I can now bring that, all of that knowledge and those connections um, through my work with Liquid Crimson to the Guildford community. And we very much, although we do have, you know, a lot of work that happens outside of Guildford, our heart and souls are in Guildford. And we now work uh, at connecting those studios, helping them find people um, for whatever, you know, purposes they, they may have within their studios, if there are ways that we can connect people up and, and make that work. Uh, we host, well, Liquid Crimson itself, when we're allowed out of our houses, which hasn't been for about a year now, um, Liquid Crimson hosts the uh, Guildford Game Awards. Um, sorry, we should start with. Uh, the Guildford Games drinks that they do every few months where all developers are, are welcome in Guildford to come and join us at the pub and we have pizza and we have beers and we have a chat and everyone like I was saying you know the the NDA thing is so scary that we're actually missing out on valuable knowledge sharing because we're so terrified of what what knowledge we are sharing but as long as you remove all of the details and just talk about a process you know everyone should be talking about a process we're working with cutting edge technology that can change like that we should all be discussing these things um so we've really made you know liquid crimson we've, we've made that uh part of our priority uh to continue to feed and along that um vein we've also been running the guildford games uh festival awards for the last couple of years last year was real life this year was uh, more digital i say more entirely um but within that, nine hours of interviews with Guildford game developers went out where we just contacted all of the people that we know and have worked with and said, hey, we want to pick your brains about, you know, whatever. I can send you links if you guys want to see it. There's some really cool stuff in there. And we're talking about people, you know, I got to got to go to EA and interview the, the, the top dogs, like the top dogs at EA, Matt Webster and Pete Lake and make them laugh. I was making them laugh. I was so happy. Um, and then, you know, loads of other amazing EA developers. And then I got to uh, go to Supermassive and interview those, all of those guys. Um, all of the indie studios that I've spoken about, Glowmade, Salix Games, um, you know, just an absolute plethora of amazing developers. And we can now draw them all together in one space and say, hey, guys, let's talk about this. Like, let's discuss what we do and let's, let's show everyone that Guildford is really such an important place uh, for, for the game's development as a whole and, and that your average person walking down Guildford High Street probably doesn't realize that people around the world know the name of their town, um, whether it be for Need for Speed or for Little Big Planet or for, you know, No Man's Sky or uh, all those horrible things that um, that Supermassive are up to, whatever, whatever those horrible, scary, creepy things they're doing there. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, we, we want to kind of be the platform that can show the world how amazing these devs are. So that's where it leads. It's sad. We all miss Lionhead, but we keep Lionhead alive because every time I do an interview, I talk about it. Do you? That's <laughs> Six awesome. years later. I think it'll be five five years next week. Five years next week that we lost um, Lionhead. Yeah. Um, or that we got the news. Yeah. So I, I do have a couple questions for you on that. Uh, one is... I did see you uh, when the 
I can't say the name of the town that you always say. Guildford, is that it? Guildford, yeah. Guildford, okay. Guildford, if you want to pronounce it with the proper Queen's English, Guildford. but no one does. Okay, because I always Guildford. think of Gilshire for some reason. Oh, that'll do. I love that. Yeah. I love that, Gilshire. Yeah, it's so, very fable. <laughs> so um, with that, you actually did a lot of interviews uh, during that event, and I thought that was pretty awesome because you always have like a very energetic presence and I thought that was very cool to see you uh, do something like that. And you were able to talk to people um, in the industry and just have a blast doing it. And this, this is the thank you. I, I really appreciate it. And thank you for watching more than anything, because um, uh, there was there was a lot of stuff to pick through there. Um, I think this is this is the benefit of having come up through development having having come up through you know initially at ea having having to learn how to communicate with uh with developers uh regarding testing testing online games uh and then being in all of those meetings from codemasters onwards my job was to be in those meetings and understand the process so when you get to a point where you're sitting in front of one of the frostbite devs i i can hold my own i can do it i can have a chat i understand you know all of the different kind of elements that we're dealing with but the benefit that i have is that my role is to represent the audience so i don't have to know everything so i can ask stupid questions and i can make people laugh with my stupid questions i can talk too much sometimes um but i have the kind of base knowledge to be able to hold those those conversations and yeah it's it's really it's really it's done some good work done it's really done some some good kind of uh it's given me the ability to be in conversations that other community managers and other people that may be in my field um, might not necessarily, um, although, you know, it's not like we don't all deal with development. It's just the, the, the levels on which you choose to engage with it, I suppose. Um, and the other thing I want to say is that I do agree with you when you said that Xbox has, you know, one of the best ways to communicate with their fans uh, back and forth. And I think that you kind of brought some of that approach with you xbox i think that you kind of help that community out and if you look at the way that you used to manage the community versus the way that some studios are doing it now i would think that uh, i would want to say that you've d you've done it a lot better and that you should write a book on how to do proper community <laughs> management because there are some cms out there that get really i mean they do get frustrated and they let it show in the tweets and they post like mean gifts or mean memes or they say rude things and that's something when i go back to remembering how you interacted you never did that you always were you listened you always listened to what the problem was and you try to diffuse the situation you never i mean even if you felt upset you never showed it and i think oh and uh, yeah and don't get me wrong there would have been times when i would have felt very upset because again yeah. as as previously discussed this would have been uh, incredibly an individual that had undiagnosed um adhd although it wasn't kind of at, it, at its serious point but where where you know at, at its very base level adhd is an inability to control emotion so sometimes i would read those messages that had come in you know the one saying that they wanted lionhead to, to burn down and, and for everyone to not be able to feed their children or whatever um and it would really hurt. It would really hurt because those people were my family. You know, I, I was spending that that job was the point. And I'm, I'm sure everyone who who stumbles into a career as opposed to plans a career has this this kind of moment where um, that was the point where I, I realized that I'd stopped hanging out with my friends and that I was only working, only spending time with work friends, only playing games with work friends, only being in the beta with, you know, whatever it may be. Um, 
So those people were my family, you know, I, I loved them. And, and not only that, they'd given me a chance. They'd given me a chance to not only step out of the, the role that I was doing that I couldn't stand and that being in a studio was the only thing that was keeping me, you know, kind of getting out of bed every morning was just everyone else's exciting jobs that I got to witness. Um, they not only pulled me out of that, but they said, hey, we've made this thing that's brand new and hardly anyone's going to know, you know, no one knows about it. And we don't know how it's going to be received. And we want you to tell people about it, you know, so so getting those messages sometimes was was heartbreaking but yeah it's i mean it's a tough thing because it's not a nice job a lot of the time you know it's it 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 takes a special kind of person and i think there is still a real belief although it is very much dying out but there is somewhat of a belief that um oh it's just being on facebook oh it's just being on twitter oh, i've got a twitter account i could do that you know there, there's still that element um when it comes to what we're what we're kind of faced with externally as community managers, whether that's in the in the company in some instances, whether that's within the community, we'll be faced with that kind of attitude. And then alongside that, if you're thinking, hey, I thought this was a fun job. Like everyone said this was really good fun. Like I don't understand. I thought I got to work with video games and talk to people about fun stuff. You know, it can be quite a a, a desolate place to be a CM. You know, it it's a the internet, as we all know, can be in incredibly cruel, um, but it can be even more cruel when it believes that something that it loves is being ruined. <laughs> um, no. And and that's the that's you know the CM and the firing line taking taking that emotion that someone who you can never understand how someone else feels about something that you've made, and then you can never understand their comprehension of the thing that you've decided that you're going to do that you've announced that you haven't actually shown them yet. So you've got the dev and the person with the, with the belief and the, and the comprehension. In the middle of that, you've got some poor community manager going, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So he's, wait, let me just, it, you know, it's, it's a scary place to be sometimes. So yeah, I guess some CMs might have bad days. We all have bad days. Um, on those days, I try to step away from Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I wanted to add into that too, is that uh, we recently interviewed uh, I don't know if you know him. You might know him, uh, Chance Glasgow. Uh, I don't, of, but what a name! Good lord. Is, yes, uh, he's one of the co-founders of Infinity Ward and Call of Duty. One of the thirteen nice. originals. And he told us that you know behind the scenes in the industry, which you probably know, is that everybody's pretty much like friendly to each other. And he's like, you know, we had Battlefield fans yelling at us because we made Call of Duty. And did this in Call of Duty, and then Call of Duty fans attacking Battlefield fans, and he's like, and we sat there with the Battlefield devs, eating, drinking beer, and eating pizza, like after an event. And he's like, we're all friends. We don't understand why our fans do these crazy things. Yeah, and I, I absolutely. Think, and I think, like, from your perception of community management, you probably seen a lot of that same thing, and that it's just, it's just insane. It, it's yeah. So, I, I, mean, I am someone that, you know, as far as Phil, like the way that Phil Spencer handles things as far as the console console war and, and all that kind of stuff, which this fits within, we, there's no room for it. There is space for everyone. This is no longer a tiny little niche industry. It's huge. You can have everything you want and more, but you don't need to shit on other people's stuff. You just don't. Just go and find something that you love instead. Wouldn't that yeah. be nice? If every time we went, hey, I'm going to tell this person to fuck off, I went, oh, actually, I might just go to Steam and get a new game. Like, imagine that. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, play something you like or talk about something you like instead of something that you mm. don't like at the moment. You know, that's a better 
look at things positively instead of yeah. negatively. And if you have criticism, do it in a positive way, not in a negative way. There's tons of things you can criticize, but if you do it the right way, people listen. You do it the wrong way, you build up a hate train, and that's no good. And that is why I believe that communication is the most important thing when it comes to developers and, and audiences and just, just making sure that, you know, we, there shouldn't be this belief that developers are rock stars. There shouldn't be this belief that the community are going to rip you to pieces. We're all just people. We can all go down the pub and have a beer. And, and what you're saying, you know, that um, that interaction is what happens at the Guildford pub nights. You walk in and there's, oh, there's the guys from Hello Games. Oh, hey, there's EA. Oh, look, Media Molecules over there. Oh, yes. So, you know, it's just, it never ends. It never ends. It's constant. And everyone knows everyone because it's not just that we all work in the same town. We've all worked together. The, the, the industry is small enough, you know, that we're, or was small enough when we all started, that we all intertwined for a while before going out and doing our, our bigger things. And it's still happening. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, I think we all just need to be talking more. And and with fans as well. You know, that's why I love E3, because you can get the group of Battlefield fans who just happen to walk past Phil Spencer and then we'll come in and have a beer with us. You know, it's nice. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, that, that is awesome for sure. Uh, so one thing I did want to ask you that uh, I never asked you before, actually, is so I've seen images floating around of, and it's probably from Fable, and I probably missed it somewhere in Fable or it's a loading screen. But it says the Albion girl, and she's and like she's carrying someone. So is that like yeah, is that, that like a, is. a throwback to you, or is that? So that's where my name came from. So Fable Three had uh, pub posters, and the Albion girl was one of those posters. Now, am I going to be able to find it? Yeah, yeah the Albion is. girl always gets her way. Bam. And there's, there's a lot of, uh, I just saw the picture like a... Uh, that is it. I'm trying to find a good yeah. version. There we go. If you file, I'll send it in the chat. Yeah, so this was just one of the, um, it was one of the adverts um, used alongside kind of pub signs and all that kind of stuff. So that's the original one. Um, and when, so I had a Twitter account, but when I, when I joined uh, the Lionhead community team, I was like, ah, oh, I want to start a new one. I want to have a fresh one that I can use just for this. And my original one has become my podcast. Um, so yeah, I was like, what can I use? What can I use? Uh, and the Albion girl was perfect because it doesn't directly reference Lionhead and Fable. So I could step away and, and keep it. Whereas all of my other friends had to change. They were like LH something, LH name, LH name. And they all had to change their handles, but I got to keep mine. <laughs> Um, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't sure if that was like an Easter egg to you that uh, you know a developer. Uh, I wish it was that way around. It was long before my time. It was long <laughs> before my time. So Fable, it was Fable two. It was Fable three. Um, so yeah. I joined just before Fable: The Journey was launched. So I joined in 2012. So I just missed all of the uh, the kind of seminal um, stuff that they created. But still got to work with those people, still got to engage with all of those artists and and hear their stories and, and you know, walk the hallowed halls and, and all of that stuff. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it feeds in, it feeds in. <laughs> I think that's okay. the first time that I saw you is when you had on, in that interview, those fox pants. I still remember <laughs> that. Because I've never seen anyone else wear like animal pants like that. Oh before. my god, that was that was the game's uh, the game special effect charity thing with 
Graham, right? Was it that? Yes, I think that's what it was. Yes. Dude, right. So this this is how, like, I can give you the background on that now because it, it wouldn't have made any sense to you at that point. So Lionhead had literally just closed. We're talking like a, a few months out from Lionhead closing. And no, Lionhead still existed. Lionhead still existed. Um, when I agreed to do it, and in, in the interim, Lionhead, I believe, got, I, I feel like we were either on the way out or something, but I shaved all of my hair off. Um, and just one day woken up and decided, fuck it, just cut the lot off and shave one side. Um, and then realized, oh no, I've got to be on that stream. Like I was having all these palpitations about what was going on at Lionhead and feeling quite uncomfortable. Then remembered I had the stream coming up where I had to not only sit next to Graham Boys, but play uh, that game that I'm awful at with the cars and the football. <laughs> what is it called? What is the oh, game where you're the uh, Rocket, Rocket League? League. Rocket League, Rocket League yes. Uh, I'd never, I'd, like, I'd played it once or twice before and, and always ended up just making an absolute fool of myself. And then I had to stream it live with Graham Boyd, with the AC Bongos. And I believe at one point he actually turned to me and said, are you really this bad? <laughs> like, live. I was like, mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> I hate this game. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you'd given me Pokemon, man, you would have been wowed. Um, uh -oh. But yeah, it was, it was awful. It was awful. So the whole thing, like, no hair crazy trousers thinking oh god why have i put these crazy trousers on and it's all cold my head's all cold and now there's this actual famous person who's asking me why i'm so rubbish at playing video games awful <laughs> <laughs> but we raised some money so that's you know it was for charity that's the main thing that's, i mean that's okay if uh you want to know the truth i was uh in a party with uh phil spencer one time and we played rocket league and i took a picture of the scoreboard i beat him Good job. Totally hey, I might just, uh, it's out I may defer to you next time someone needs me to play. I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll be playing. And I'll do the, I'll do the pretending and you'll do the playing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Everyone will be all over it. Yeah. Phil never Good played Rocket it. League with me again. I love it. I love it. Make him do it again. <laughs> Stream it. We, we have another question in chat from Graphic God. Uh, sure. Do members of the development community resent some of the decisions made by big gaming companies, um, like closing studios, canceling games, or do you realize that business is business? Um, I would say it's both. Uh, you can't help but feel sad when the place that you quite literally call home and go to every single day, even on weekends and stay till 10 o'clock at night, don't do it, it's unhealthy. It's very unhealthy. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, of course there is. I mean, speaking on a personal level, which I can I can do nothing more than speak on a personal level. Um, yeah, heartbroken, heartbroken. And that's coming from someone that, you know, had had a good, you know, a, a good grounding, a good kind of stance at Xbox. I, I, I knew the the management teams and I'd be invited to go and do these, you know, I did the, the onstage thing at E3 and I did uh, a Windows devices uh, uh, online event with, uh, with Phil. Uh, and I, you know, I'd have rapports with these people. I'd speak to these guys, and and I'm I'm very fond of all of the management team that that I dealt with at um, at Xbox uh, in the US and in the UK. You can't help but feel like, oh, why, why? We, you know, we were so close. There was so much work done, and and we were, you know, we were really ready to 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 do something, to to show something that was that was going to, you know, make a bit of a difference. Um, but I remember being in the pub, you know, since we got that news, we all went to the pub that evening uh, in the case of Lionhead. And I remember saying to some people, you know, it's business. At the end of the day, it's business. You know, even then, even that early on, even though you're going through the, the grief and the sadness and the rage and the, uh, all of those other things uh, and, and drinking considerably because your, your heart feels empty. Even then you can say, well, look, you know, ultimately 
here's a here's a deficit and and here's where the game was supposed to be and something's got to you know something's got to give um so it's hard to feel positive <laughs> but you you get that you know you get that hindsight you get that um distance and space and um some amount of okay i i get it <laughs> i see why that happened i see that we're all settled and happy and you know and it will always hit some people worse than others and i think i was one of the worst i mean i literally fell into depression after lionhead fell fell down it's uh it was it was an awful awful year or so for me i was in a very very dark place because i'd, I'd lost my home you know, it was the only place that i'd ever felt like i'd had a, a, a career you know like i said people had given me something they'd given me a chance they'd given me their precious little baby that i was allowed to go out and talk about um so yeah it ruined me it ruined me but you know dusted myself off about two three years later <laughs> and uh and carried on <laughs> i mean to from where you've been to where you are now, I think is an exciting journey, you know, and it brought you to what you do now. And you you run your own company, essentially, interacting with different studios and, and different people. So can you tell us, like, um, what you do exactly uh, and sure. the companies that you help out? I mean, it's, it's such, again, I'm going to try not to talk too much because I am the absolute worst for talking. Um, well, you can talk, but... don't worry. <laughs> It's whether the dog will let me. That's the that's the real question. <laughs> it seems to have stopped trying to dig his way out the kitchen there, so I think we're okay. Um, so for Liquid Crimson, so Liquid Crimson um, are the video company uh, that I worked with at Lionhead. So all of the cool dev diaries that we did, all of the E3 show floor stuff where we're talking to you know gamers and 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 interview members of the team. Um, Liquid Crimson were my video team. They would come to Lionhead and film all of those videos for me. They would come to LA and 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 film videos uh, for you know when we were at events and stuff. But they also taught me how to engage with people on camera. They they taught me how to have a presence. I mean, I, I already was you know in, in bands and stuff and used to being on stage. But they taught me how to you know properly address the camera and properly speak to to people in in a way that they'll understand and and use the right language and all of this kind of stuff. Um, even down to some kind of uh, elocution lessons, I believe. Um, I did have one day off. Um, so they do that kind of stuff. They do dev diaries. They also do trailers. They did a lot of the um, Lionhead trailers. So even back in those days, they they would be with me. You know, we'd be capturing footage from gameplay for them to take away and make into all of those E3 trailers. So they've been heavily involved in everything. Um, and their background is that they were... Uh, both Jason and Linda, who are the, the main kind of pillars of Liquid Crimson, were at EA. So they left EA some time ago. They founded Liquid Crimson. I've come on board. Um, they are currently production house doing dev diaries and awesome trailers and also live events. They don't just work with games. They work with like Circus of Horrors and uh, various F uh, like McLaren stuff and all kinds of, I mean, anything you can think of. Space Rocks, which is Brian May and... Um, all of those cool European Space Agency um, scientists. I guess they're scientists. Um, so they've brought me on board. They've got all of this covered. They've got production covered as far as video goes. Um, and because they um, are starting to, you know, the world is changing. We're all working from home. Communication is absolutely more key and more important than ever before. Um, they brought me on as their head of comms. Initially, just as a part-time basis, um, and I was kind of building up my client base in the meantime. So what I managed to do was go to all of my, essentially, a lot of my good friends that are developers that either had community managers that weren't quite, um, you know, 
weren't quite in step with the game, I suppose would be the best way to, to kind of describe it, where I just felt like something, um, they'd either lost a community manager or were looking for a community manager and I'd recognize that there was somewhere that I could, I think I could help. Um, so I have uh, been able to work with lots of, lots of studios that uh, ordinarily I might not be able to because they don't need a community manager full time. Um, so I work with Magic Notion, who make all of the Kitty Powers games, which are absolutely fantastic, and you guys should check them out. Um, we believe Kitty to be the world's only drag queen developer, uh, but we're not 100% sure. We still need to double check. Um, but uh, Rich, he develops the game, and Kitty is the star of the game, and they are the same person, and it's wonderful. Um, and then I've got Salix. Uh, Salix Games, who uh, last year launched the um, kind of bolt-on to Delac and Faye, which was the director's cut, which was fantastic. So Dance of Death, um, Delac and Faye is their game, which is amazing. Um, there's also Glowmade, who I've mentioned, who have gone from strength to strength and are now doing all kinds of new exciting things that I'm working with there. But then in addition to that, you know, there's you know, Liquid Crimson itself deals with so many different things that, you know, some days I could be writing scripts for trailers and some days I could be doing the VO for scripts uh, for trailers, which I wouldn't be expecting to do it. And, and other days I might be, you know, speaking to influencers about the Guildford Games Festival, or I might be, I don't know, working with any number of the studios in Guildford and beyond that come to Liquid Crimson for, for all kinds of reasons. And I'm very lucky to be able to kind of put my my input in where it's where it's valuable. Um, but of course, I can't say too much about what we're doing because it's all super secret. But if you have a look at their um, social media, you can get an idea of the studios that they've worked with because it's just mega. The list just goes on and on and on. And like with the Guildford Games Festival, I was, I was interviewing comedians. I was interviewing astronauts. I was interviewing the guy that used to run uh, used to be the editor of Kerrang! and Metal Hammer, which won't mean anything to you guys, but when I was a kid, Kerrang! and Metal Hammer were my staples, the two magazines that I read all of the time. And then, I, you know, who knows how long, 20 years later, I'm interviewing the uh, the guy that used to edit the mags that I read when I was a teenager. You know, it's just like, no, this is this is crazy. They just, they have connections everywhere. So I get to really kind of pull on all these threads and say, hey, you know, person at ESA, you're really interested in, um, I don't know, education, and hey, developer in Guildford, you're really interested in, uh, you know, making an educational game, let's make something happen, you know, I can find those things and, and kind of pull them all together. Um, and yeah, make make things happen that might not ordinarily happen. I have a little black book that is the, the size of my office. It's great. That is pretty cool. That is awesome. Yeah, it's good fun. It's good fun. Um, the scope is endless. And we're doing some really exciting stuff at the moment um, with some fantastic creators that I, I am not allowed to talk about but I will um, and as soon as it happens I'll send you guys a link so you can see what it is because it really is very very exciting very exciting indeed I'm uh, right. I'm pleased I am excited if you're excited I'm excited because I know it has to be good because you're very passionate so I know it's got to be good and and this is the thing you know with liquid crimson they know exactly what I'm good at they know what I'm good at they know what my my talents are and they will say hey you may not have been interviewing anyone on camera for you know lord knows how long never mind the fact that you've been in lockdown for six months um get out there and interview the head of ea get out there and interview people from you know they they kind of create these environments where i have to throw myself out of my comfort zone um and i have to put myself back in the you know the lauren carter that works in studios and deals with people every day who is a very different person to, to the one that sits in her office in lockdown but you know you have to you know they help me pull myself back up to that that point 
I actually I was thinking about lockdown itself. Like, how is it to to start working from home as a community manager? How different was it from? Well, I was I, I was quite lucky in that I'd already transitioned to working from home the year before, um, and was in a situation where at that point I was living with my folks while saving up. Um, my deposit for my flat, which I, I moved into a little while later. So when lockdown actually happened, not only was I used to being at home, but I was in a new space that I was getting to decorate and own and, and all of that kind of stuff. So it really kind of offset that aspect. But as far as the the community aspect, not all that different, you know, like it, it there's not a huge difference in doing it in this situation. I mean, we we miss out on actual events. We miss out on going to shows and having um, the community come and talk to the devs in in those you know you know panels or uh, on on a show floor or whatever that may be, um, but as far as you know collaborating with with the developers who for the most part as I said are, are people that I've known and worked with and and you know socialised with in some cases, um, that's just the usual methods of chat that we'd probably have set up anyways. We, you know there would be a, a Discord, there would be a, a, a Guildford Games conversation happening somewhere so we're you know we're always in the loop anyways and it's just keeping the kind of schedule on top of that and finding ways to share things with their community that doesn't I think to be honest the most difficult thing at the moment is oversaturation because everyone's at home so all the studios everyone all companies across the world not just in games are getting out as much content more content more content more stuff more stuff more stuff get it out now do it now um, and whether that's just stuff to engage with on, on social media or whether that's you know um, shows or, or more kind of long-form content um, I think we're, we're getting to a point where with my developers at least we say something when there's something really important or relevant to say because we don't want to just keep shouting you know there's there's a lot of people shouting we, we need to make space for you know make sure there's room for everyone so when there's something really important to say people are going to hear about it also if it's not a cat if it's not a dog it's a cat I'm really sorry <laughs> this is my life this is my life yeah okay um, yeah, so it's yeah, it's not it's not been too difficult. It's launches. I say launches are the saddest thing. You want to be around a team when you're launching a game. That's that's been the most kind of hardest bit for me. Um, but yeah, with communities, it's not so bad. Your cat is awesome. <laughs> she because because I work from home and pretty much live alone. Um, if I'm talking, she thinks I'm talking to her. Because who else am I going to be talking to, right? She doesn't know that you, you guys are there. She doesn't understand. Um, so as soon as I start speaking on any phone call, any meeting, any time, she will appear. Um, and here she is. This is Dahlia. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So, no, it's been fun. I mean, lockdown's been, it's been challenging. It's been awful. It's had its really, really dark low points. Don't get me wrong. But actually having the time to start my own business and have the space to not worry about socializing, not feel guilty about being too tired to make it to whatever event it may be, um, has been a bit of a godsend. It's an awful thing to say, isn't it? It's awful. The rest of it has been horrible. I have to I have to stress. Absolutely horrible. Constantly feeling bad. Constantly watching tiggers tiggers ficking up. Figures ticking up. Oh. I'm so tired, guys. I'm so sorry. Um yeah, you know, it's it's had its it's had its real low points, but actually being able to take a step back from Society is has been quite an interesting juxtaposition. I Come on now, that's enough. Relentless, absolutely relentless. This is what my working day is like. It's just an extension. She's coming back. She's coming back. So, so I have a, 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 a another question. What what do you see uh, the evolution of what you do and how you connect to um, 
all of the gamers going out there? What what is the like the next oh. steps or the next evolution, the next jump? I would say. I I imagine once we're out of lockdown, there will probably be some kind of boost in in small gatherings with with developers. You know whether oh. that's or you know with 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 most kind of creators with most. Um, kind of big brands, I imagine celebrities and, and, and kind of influencers. I imagine we'll start to do, I hope at least, that we'll start to do kind of smaller um, interactions where you actually get something valuable out of those meetings. And whether it's, you know, doing meet and greets on a slightly bigger level once we get back into doing um, events, because there's so much that people have missed missed out on from just having real life conversations. Um, and, and we need to be doing that. So I, for one, will be focusing on um, kind of small level panels, whether that's getting, uh, you know, 20 people in a room when we're allowed to do stuff like that. But I imagine for a long some time before that, it's going to be much, much smaller. Um, but actually getting to a point where we can have useful conversation um, and frankly, getting people used to doing that again um, is going to take some time as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're heading to a, a, a place where I imagine Twitter, I mean, Facebook, we know is dying off. We know that it's on the way out anyway. Um, I want developers to be streaming more. I want developers to be conversing, not necessarily streaming games, not, you know, not doing anything impressive, just having a chat, just, just show up and talk to a community and have a one-on-one -on -one and, 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 you know, give them five minutes of your time to, to understand what you do and your motivations and to spark their motivation to want to do the same thing. Uh, and similarly, I should think Discord um, is, is going to start heading that way. I should think we're going to start seeing much more smaller closed group discords with developers uh, potentially kind of engaging with their community and, in, in, you know, almost in feedback groups um, would be another great way to do things. They're, they're the things that I would like to be focusing on um, heading forward. But who knows? Who knows what all my colleagues are up to? Because I haven't seen them. I couldn't tell you all of my all of my peers in, in the games industry as far as what I do for a living. Who knows? Who knows? We've not had any chance to brainstorm it. Okay. Um, Dabma Marux has a question for you as well, and actually a really great one. Um, as someone who re really wants to become a community manager, what is the best way for me to get into it? Okay. Um, it's, to be honest, maybe, maybe it's, it's harder than it actually sounds. Start a community, find a community. It doesn't matter if that community is your mum's sewing page, which I look after my mum's sewing page, by the way, I'm very proud of it. Um, or it's your mate's Aww. band, or a friend of yours is an artist, or whatever it may be. So a friend of yours rescues pigeons on the weekend and they've rescued 17 of them. It's becoming a bit of a thing. Start community managing it, start talking about it, you know, like find Aww. a way to harness that information because we live in a world where those huge communities are great when you want to see a collection of what everyone else is thinking and feeling. But when you actually want interaction and when you want to find something super niche, there's room for that too, right? So you can make something that's really small and niche and that will actually be valuable, even if it is only 40 people that, you know, whatever, however the small the amount is, make it a valuable, engaging space and document it. Start working out, you know, pay attention to, uh, what your peers in the field are doing, what hashtags they're using, which, you know, days and times of the week seem most uh, beneficial to them. Engage with their audience, talk to people that are engaging with them. Don't steal their conversation, but join in, add something valuable. Uh, document your follow account, document uh, analytics in the back end of both Facebook or Twitter, although I wonder if Facebook's taken some of theirs away, uh, that can give you an idea of 
the best time to post, who your audience is, you know, how, how engaging various things are. Pay attention to all of that and just build. And once you've gotten to a point where you've documented, you can then go to someone and say, hey, I might not have been a, a community manager in games, but here's something that I've looked after and here's how much I love games. Aww. And you use your passion and your, you know, you, you audibly go over how much you love video games. But the community itself doesn't have to be games. It can be anything. It just it's just learning how to uh I guess, Aww. yeah, like build something, curate something and, and start a little spark that keeps that fire going, even if you're not there all of the time. Um I think so when I look at her question, and, and this is true, she's kind of like, uh, she is a panel member of Four Guys Recorders, as well as uh, on other panels and does other things. But she's built a community on Twitter for herself, like her own following, and it's, it's grown. I think what she wants to do is yeah, get... Tagged. Yeah, tagged. Yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yes. I think. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Yeah, 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 go on. So I think she wants to eventually get in the ground floor in community management, like in the games industry mm -hmm. or an industry that she's passionate about. And for I, sure. I think she wants, or it, maybe I'm wrong, but looking for tips on how to find a company that might be looking for a CM. I mean, that's that's just a case of, of, of trawling, trawling the internet. That's, that's, you know, looking for using hashtags. Absolutely start searching for various Aww. hashtags uh, to do with the roles that you want to be doing. Um, uh, hiring, all of that kind of stuff, hashtag job, whatever else people are using these days. I'm sure there's loads. Um, have a look into what they, they are and check those regularly. Check them every day. Uh, check LinkedIn. Uh, involve yourself. You know, like I said with uh, with the creators that I worked with at Two Point, I will actively seek out their opinion and and their time if they can if they can spare it and if I can afford it, um, because I know that they're the experts in what they do. So it's it's about finding people that. Are, are so engaged it doesn't matter what they're what they're doing so you, the communities that you have already if you're building up a community for yourself that's a perfectly good thing to be to be taking to a company and saying hey look what i did um and the rest of it is really just saying hi to people on on facebook and twitter that's that's the yeah it's, it's kind of a double pronged um if you can have the full package when you when you come to engage with the actual job if you've already been speaking to the studios that you like speaking to uh then when these opportunities arise the the studios will remember you and if your cvs come in at the same time they'll go hang on a sec isn't that the chick from twitter that we've been speaking to about blah 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 blah, blah whatever it may be um you know you've got to you've got to have yourself in the conversation to give a better chance of, of being seen by the studio um, and that's certainly how i work you know as i said i now i now look for people in the work that i do now I can engage people that have just been shining kind of pillars of their of the community, whichever community I've been managing. I can now go back to them and say, hey, you're great at doing this thing and I need someone to do that. Um, so you remember those people that, that really kind of stand out. So yeah, just be engaging, have interesting conversations, have valuable interactions where you're actually giving or taking um, information that's, you know, super useful to your, to your cause. Be humble um, and, yeah kind of side of your way into those chats just start talking to people that's what i do it works honestly just have a chat i'll do it for you if you want i'll do the intros <laughs> on <Nice>. twitter that's <laughs> awesome we should have a chat we'll have a chat i will i will seek her out on twitter and we'll have a little combo and i'll see if i can help that is awesome i'm so happy so there you go that mama rocks there you go um and speaking of which lauren 
I don't know, but I think you have a really big community because for some reason we have just gotten like 40 subs on the stream. Yes, and we're all hearing Flamish's sounds when he made race sounds. It's so repetitive now, but it's going crazy. What? Amazing. Are you watching the Twitch? Are you watching the YouTube stream? You can see it. You can see it. It's it's going crazy. God, I hope it's not because I'm uh, an absolute twat. Fingers crossed. You must be famous. Oh, gosh, I, I think no. they all just like to see me. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Um, hang on, let me get it up. There we go. Wow. Well, that's good to know, isn't it? It's always good to know that people are still interested in uh, hearing the things I have to say. Because uh, it feels so old hat these days. <laughs> well, it's probably because you've uh, <laughs> talked to so many people throughout your. Uh, it's been a while, career. though. I mean, honestly, all the last Aww. stuff recently, everything that I've been doing has been interviewing other people. Um, where my poor video team just have to edit out hours and hours and hours and hours of me talking, because I'm not the one that's supposed to be talking. Um, so yeah, it's nice to actually just have a have a chat about what I do. It's nice. It's nice. I enjoy it. Um, yeah, good times. That said, though, that dog, he's going to need a wee break pretty soon. So I may have to, uh, I may have to dash. Um, but is there another question? Uh, Flamish, one uh, more. PK, any, any last questions? I'm just a little bit enamored by the stream at the moment. <laughs> yes, oh. I need to change that sound bite for sure. We're going to do something about it. <laughs> this is great oh guys i'm so pleased i'm so pleased i'm just looking now i just want to thank you for coming on and sharing your your all your stories and uh familiar familiarizing a lot of us about you know things that go on behind the doors um being so cheerful about even some of the uh struggles and um showing us what's the good things that's coming down the pipe i'm Thank you so much. That's so sweet. And it's, I've, I've been absolutely honored. It's been great. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's a job. A job is a job, right? Everyone, no matter how much you love your job, there are still going to be days when you're like, oh, God, <laughs> why is this happening? So, yeah, we all have bad times. We all have sad moments. We all lose studios. Creative industries work this way. It's just the way it goes. You know, it's like... It's like assigning yourself to a band for the rest of your life. It's very unlikely that you'll be able to work with the very same band for the rest of your life. That's pro that band's probably going to disappear. Maybe one member will go on to do something else and you can go and work with them. That's kind of what we're dealing with. So there are, you know, there are troughs, but there are peaks. And you just keep chasing the, the peaks. <laughs> and it has something I want to ask you, but I think I forgot. <laughs> that was What's probably my fault. It's not your fault. No, it just might. It might be. Oh man, I did forget. I did. I did forget. Um, my beard's got longer though. It really has. I was gonna say that the cutting off is is uh, is is quite deceiving. There's a lot of beard carrying on down there. Yeah. There Very is. cool. I'm liking the highlights that are coming in too. That's oh, rad. Thanks. <laughs> that's why I have to. Uh, that's why I have to dye mine um, ginger now because my dark hair comes through grey. Um, but hey, mid thirties, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Such is life. 
And thank you also, Clowns, for that incredibly youthful photo that you used that is circa 2016 uh, for the interview. So, um, yeah, I look I look way young in that thumbnail. It makes you me so happy. You still look young. I, you know, you still look young. Yeah, there's a lot of light in this room, guys. It's all facing at my face. <laughs> you're, still very, you're still very young. You're too kind. You're too kind. Well, I mean, I'm on I'm on Twitter. If anyone who's watching has any particular questions that I can help with, at the Albion Girl, as uh, as previously mentioned, is my handle. Um, and I have a podcast, Super Cool Cast, uh, where you can hear me interviewing all kinds of amazing games industry legends. I will just find that for you real quick. So prepared. So prepared. But it has been on hiatus because I am so busy. Uh, I'm going to pop it in the chat from Nicker Crimson, but it is me. Um, and the other thing I would do is share all of those amazing interviews um, that I hosted. The people were amazing. I was just the host. Um, but let me find those as well. Um, if anyone wants to continue, they can. <laughs> um, Dragonheart Yobi says, you look beautiful, lady. Stop it. And that graphic is so sweet. <laughs> graphic God says, highlights equals wisdom. I thought and... I was going to say wizard. I would have gone with either. Highlights equal wizard. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> and uh, Michael Monkey Punch says, hey, Lauren, how are you? Hi, Michael. I'm good. I'm tired. Um, these headphones pinch my head a little bit, which starts to give me a little bit of a headache. But other than that, I'm fine. I'm great. I'm doing just great. Thank you. How are you? Um, I got, I'm just trying I got to find a, this playlist. a new tagline for your Guilford Dev Nights. Mm, and it's nice. like a, it might be like a fable kind of tagline. I'm in for that. So, Gilshire, where devs, where devs are legends. Yes. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's a good one. And if you ever come up with T-shirts to that, I will buy one because it's. Well, it so it cool. really um, it really reminds me of that line that I went that huge blog that I wrote about Lionhead going down, and I ended with. Heroes get remembered. But legends never die. Yep. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's us. We're the hero and the legend. <laughs> um, um, and HTK has a question for you. All these questions are coming up now. That's okay. I've got five. You're good. You're good. Um, uh, po uh, past COVID, will you go back singing with the GNR cover band? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I really, really hope so. I miss it terribly. I've been speaking to them. Um, the venue that we play at very regularly that is run by a friend of ours has obviously suffered terribly in, in COVID times. Um, so we were, before the second, third lockdown came in, I don't even remember which one it is now, um, we were hoping to do an open air kind of autumn time show and fucking bash out some GNR and and stomp around in some plaid. Um but yeah, it didn't happen. So fingers crossed. After COVID, once we're allowed out again, first thing on my list is live music and not going to gigs, being on stage. I miss it so much. I miss singing. I miss yeah, just getting to to really uh, let it all out at the end of the week. Um, it, it helps, you know. Getting to be Axl Rose for a couple of hours does wonders for your stress levels. <laughs> yes, it really it does. does. And uh, <laughs> and Michael Monkey Punch, I agree with you, and I think that's why. Lauren has such a great stage presence is because she does have a lovely voice. 
what you said. It's too kind. Thank you so much. That's very, very sweet. Um, it's. I'm amazed that it's still holding up, to be honest. I have hosted so many meetings today uh, and been on so many calls. It is definitely starting to uh, starting to wobble. Um, but I've just shared the playlist for the Guildford Games Festival as well. So there's nine hours of footage with various Guildford developers that we shot for that event. Um, and it's amazing. The guys involved are just so talented, so cool. Um, so yeah, go check it out. And thank you for listening to me for all of this time. And my dog. <laughs> and the cat. Don't forget the cat. And the cat. Yeah, she's just <laughs> she's just nipped out the window and I'm on the first floor, so I'm not sure what's going on there. She's probably uh, fine. Uh, before we get out of here um, and do the outros, I was going to ask if uh, your company ever does anything with candy companies. Let Flamish know he loves candy. He bought like oh, pounds dude. of candy. Oh, hold on, hold on. I'll, I'll show see. my box. I'll show my box. <laughs> no, um, so I, I got my little um, box of candy in the corner. Oh, that's which amazing. Is full. Oh, these peach rings. Yeah, oh, dude, I, I love those guys. I got all kinds of stuff. I got the lips, I got the strawberries. Oh, I but I also this. got the full box over there, uh, full full of bags of candy. I thought they were Dreamcast controllers. I was like, dude, that's a lot. Why do you need that many? Wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> I, I love candy. <laughs> <laughs> very cool very cool um i mean we we haven't as yet dealt with any uh sweet sweet companies i don't know what you mean candy sweets sweeties yeah, sweet. um <laughs> we've not as yet but if we do i'll uh, i'll be sure to siphon off uh i don't know a, a, a crate or two what kind of levels are you working on here looks like you've got a bit of an addiction going on it's more like more like a couple of bags but you know i'll do what i can <laughs> Yeah. No, of certain ideas maybe from candy. I have lots. Oh, that could be interesting. <laughs> you, I mean, unless we're talking about like Zool, because I'm not up for playing another game where uh, where Chubba Chubs just just fly at me out of out of various uh, various bits and pieces. But yeah, okay, cool. We can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Lauren, where can people find you on the internet? Yes. I've shared a couple of things in the chat as far as the uh, the podcast. So Super Cool Cast is my podcast. You can find that on, I mean, I, it is on Twitter, but I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I'm a one-woman show who's who's uh, who's working probably a, a bit too hard. So my own social channels have taken that hit, uh, the podcast being one. The podcast is on hiatus, but there's loads of stuff in there. At the Albion Girl on Twitter. Uh, at... I think I'm the Albion Girl on Instagram, which is really my most used social media, um, if anyone wants to find me there. And I'm not yet at the point of streaming myself, but always happy to go and uh, feature on other people's streams if anyone ever wants me to, to uh, I don't know, whatever. But if I ever do get to streaming, I'll let you guys know. Um, I'm not sure if the world needs it just yet. Yes, the Albion Girl on Instagram too. Awesome. And Liquid Crimson. Liquid Crimson on, um, I've shared it in the chat, Liquid Crimson on Instagram. YouTube is where you'll find all of those awesome interviews uh, and all of the stuff that we do, we shout about from our uh, Twitter page. And I'm also in the process of plotting out a newsletter that everyone should sign up for and I'll share the details for that when I've got it. Always getting ahead of myself. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and uh, Farmish, real quick before we get out of here, do you want to tell people where they can find you on Sundays? Yeah, of course. On Sundays on the Flemish Experience, uh, where we talk about random stuff all the time. Nice. Um, and that's at, uh, what was it, 2 p.m. EST? Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, or 7 p.m. UK time. So, 
And then, of course, on this channel, with clowns, reviews, interviews, all kinds of stuff for GQ TV. So. so it's a good mashup. I'm a fan. Big fan. Enjoyed it very much. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, of course, everybody in the chat, you know where you can find me, uh, Four Guys Recorders on YouTube. And I want to thank Lauren for coming out. Absolutely a fabulous interview as as uh, in the UK, they would say brilliant, brilliant interview. Brilliant. brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It was marvelous. Stunning. Superb. I loved it. <laughs> I love it. And, uh, you know, one thing before I do cut off the stream, is beans and toast really as popular as some... UK Beans and toast is a staple in this household and I will not hear a negative word about it. I have a stash of beans on toast because I am a lazy individual who when I'm on my own and my boyfriend's not here to help me cook, I will just cook the beans and the toast. It's fantastic. You're missing out. Honestly, it's fantastic. It's so good. It's like it's like soup and carbs. I did try <laughs> and it once with Dr. Think we, uh, we have Dr. So Pepper. is it with... No, yes. no, don't do that. Well, I suppose they'd be kind of barbecuey, though, right? Uh, they were a little so they're like soda flavored because they're made. Oh, no, 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 no. I thought it might give more of a like a smoky kind of Dr. Pepper aspect. No, 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 no. throw that in the bin, kick drop that into the sun, never have that. <laughs> that's bad, that's wrong. Um, I can give you a new challenge if you want. I mean, you need sure. to get just standard standard Heinz beans on toast is the first thing that you need to do. And what you need is a nice fluffy white um, white loaf, not the thin cut slice, a nice fluffy uh, loaf. Uh, and you, uh, you know, two slices of that, sure, blah, blah, blah. Uh, lots of butter, beans on toast, once uh, beans on top once the toast is toasted um, with lots of butter. Uh, and then cheese, always cheese, melty cheese, but you've got to have cheddar in there as well. So you need something that's going to melt, but also the cheddar for the, for the nice kind of strong flavor. The thing that you can try is my brother's favorite weird cuisine that he, um, I think he, he coined when he was at university living in a student house. He would cook pasta in tomato soup and that was his dinner i that's a actually, weird one that's genius. i did i, that's I have genius. a genius your brother <laughs> is a genius i do a sort of that thing like when i put vermicelli like the very small mm -hmm. pasta yeah in chicken soup oh that's quite good yeah that works but he like he puts loads in to try and like make it more like yeah. a sauce it's crazy yeah. I think it's crazy. And then cheese, obviously. But, you know, a good good desperation meal. <laughs> if you need desperation meals, I've got loads. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try your brother's recipe, too. Yes, I will. Do it. Do it. That will make him very happy. He's having. Uh, he's due to have a child very soon, but that will be the thing that he'll uh, he'll be most pleased about, I imagine, that someone has tried his weird university recipe. <laughs> Klaus, well, we're going to do it together. Congrats. I'll pass it on. Yeah, dude, you should live stream it. I'll tell him. We're gonna do it together. I will. I will be there with him. The same thing. Do we'll it. do it together. Perfect. I, I, I love food. I love candy. I love everything. Doing that, Weird except stuff. sriracha sauce. No, no hot sauce anymore. Uh, hot sauce on on mac and cheese is life. Yeah, uh, clowns made me eat uh, sriracha sauce on uh, candy. In a no. donation stream. No, that's no good. That's not, well. I, I've eaten crickets. I've eaten chili crickets Ooh. for donation streams. It was horrible. I could taste their legs for days. I kept finding them. Awful. Oh, oh, it's awful. And on that note, <laughs> well, everyone, I'll leave you guys with that. Everyone coming out, appreciate it, and uh, see you guys next time. Thanks for having Bye. me. Leads.